feel the fear and do it anyway. Good things come to those who work hard and never give up. Be better than you were yesterday. Don't compare your chapter one to someone else's chapter 20. Be the best version of yourself because somebody else has already taken. Don't be afraid to go that extra mile because when you do, you realise there aren't that many people out there. Welcome back to She Has a Goal in Mind. This is episode four of season two. And after a short break, we're extremely excited to be back interviewing inspiring women who work in sport. Our first guest of the year is BBC Radio One and final score sports reporter, Betty Glover. We find out how she landed the dream role, some of her favorite moments in her career so far, including interviewing Tottenham player Son, and advice to anyone wanting to follow in her footsteps. We really hope you enjoy this episode, and if you do, please don't forget to like and subscribe, and also follow us on social media at A Goal in Mind Podcast for updates. Hey! Hello. Hello! Thank you so much for agreeing to come on the podcast with us. We're really excited. It's the first one of the year as well, so yeah, first guest of the year. We haven't actually done one for a while, so we're quite excited now to just get back into the swing of things because we've both been so busy with work and other things. It's like fitting it in in the evenings or on days off mm. and stuff. So it's like really hard. So yeah. And you know, when Gab said she asked you, I was like, Yay! Because <laughs> I always hear you are like Radio One and stuff. So um It'd be good to like tell your story and stuff. But I'm Darcy, by the way, and obviously you've. you've oh yeah, sorry, I'm Gabrielle. <laughs> nice to meet you. Guys. Nice to meet you. Um, are you both? Are you both still at uni, or are you? Have you graduated now and then? We literally just handed in our dissertations last week, so yeah. pretty much finished, and we're both working yeah. like full time and stuff now. So yeah, yeah. graduate in the summer then. Oh, amazing. Yeah. So you were at uni during COVID. That's that's a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. we literally started our, our course just in the middle of the pandemic, which is a bit yeah. of a oh, strange like, one. It was only a year, wasn't it, really? Mm. I know it's been like over a year. We started in like September 2020 because it's a oh master's yeah. daughter than an undergrad. So, um, yeah, it's just, yeah, we handed our documentaries in, didn't we? So it's like, yeah, it's, it's weird now going to work and not having to do anything else Mm. yeah I can imagine oh well amazing well done both of you I'm sure I'm sure you've got amazing grades (laughs) well we'll see we'll find out (laughs) (laughs) yeah but like I said thank you so much for coming on it's a pleasure to have you and like you've got such an amazing job a reporter for sports on BBC Radio 1 like that's so exciting yeah it is it is exciting when like so when I was younger and when I was at school I used to listen to radio one all the time and I always used to think like that is an incredible job but like never thought in a million years that I'd ever do it so it's and sometimes I think about it I'm like wow this is so surreal um but no yeah it, it, it is cool obviously with every job it's got it's like ups and downs mm-hmm. and there are times when I'm like oh this is like <laughs> testing or whatever but it is um yeah it is it is so good so how did you get into it then did did you study media or sport in in school and or uni 
Um, so I, when I was at college, I basically was like, the only thing that I've ever really been interested in is sport. So and when I was at college, I was like, do I become a PE teacher or do I go into sports journalism? And I literally remember sitting there being like, hmm, it's a difficult one, like trying to weigh them both up. But I just really liked English and drama and obviously sport as well. So I was like, I think sports journalism would be such an amazing thing to go into. Um, so I did. That's kind of when, when I kind of came to my senses, really, and decided to. And then when I went to I went to uni and I did multimedia journalism at Bournemouth, which kind of covers like everything. And I remember I I ended up like when I was at uni, I applied for the BBC kickoff scheme, which basically I don't know if you've heard of it, but basically you end up working for like a local BBC radio station as a kickoff reporter for three months over the summer you don't get paid or anything but it's like part of your kind of work experience sort of thing um and I ended up like Dan Walker ended up doing this big talk and he was like oh yeah never do a degree in journalism don't do that do it in like history or something and I was sat there like oh my god have I completely fucked up here because <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm doing a journalism degree um but yeah like I I did that and that was it was it was really good because basically you had to do work experience to graduate I don't know if you guys are on it's kind of like similar but we had to do certain amount of weeks of work experience which basically forced me to go out and get all those like crucial contacts and bits that I feel like are actually way more important than the degree itself it's kind of all those bits that you learn um so I did that and then I ended up working this is a really long-winded way of getting on to how I work for Radio <laughs> One but I ended up um meeting uh, what did I do oh I got the contact of BBC Radio Solent's um sports editor through somebody at BBC Kent basically when you work at BBC you can go on your email system and like find any email address of anyone that works at the BBC so I was like who's the Southampton sports editor um because I was based at BBC Kent randomly so I was and I lived in near Southampton and went to Bournemouth Uni so I was like right I need to somehow get into BBC Radio Solent so then ended up meeting this guy worked Saturdays eventually ended up applying for a job at BBC Sport in Manchester worked as like a, a broadcast assistant which basically just like cuts clips books people taxis that sort of thing mm-hmm. and that was for five live sport and world service sport and then I got a job as a bulletin reader and producer on five live bulletins like sports bulletins so basically like cutting clips writing scripts and then eventually started reading them and then eventually the sports job came up at radio one and my boss was like oh I think we should you should go for it so I did the interview then I got the job and it's like a really weird kind of roller coaster so there we go that's a short kind of like description of how I got there basically it's amazing it's like a journey isn't it like how you've worked your way up it's incredible so well done to you yeah I think I think you've basically it's like a proper like start at the bottom and then try and like slowly work your way kind of on air which can be a really hard kind of journey I think sometimes because it's it's like a catch-22 because you don't get the opportunities if you don't have the experience, but then you can't 
get the on-air experience without doing it yeah from, and someone giving you a, a chance so it is, it's very much like constantly knocking at doors and asking people to give you an opportunity and that's basically what I did for a very long time I was like booking taxis and then being like can I read the overnight bulletin on the winter Olympics <laughs> that no one else wants to do and eventually my boss was like yeah okay go on then um and it was terrible but it's just kind of like how you how yeah. you get there like like you said you need the experience for people to give you a chance but then how are you supposed to get the experience when people are asking what you've done previously to that and you've yeah. had no experience like it's, it's, it's a vicious circle I think but I think the more people like you said you get to know the easier it is and the, the further you go in the industry I think completely and you just need one person to kind of believe in you and give you that kind of opportunity and then you, and then you, you've done it because then you've got that bit of experience and you can then go to someone else yeah. and be like well this is what I did here so can I do it with you and it's just it's literally just like it's almost like you're just building a, a kind of like tower of experience, if that makes sense. And you just need little bricks and then like kind of build up, build it up until you can, yeah, go and do something much bigger. But yeah, yeah I think all those little tiny bits of experience that you don't even realize you're getting from doing different jobs is really key. So Definitely. what is what is a day then in your life like work-wise now for Radio 1? um so I yeah so I'm the BBC Radio 1 sports reporter but I still kind of am under BBC Sports I also work for Five Live as a football reporter and do bits for final score and stuff so basically my average day on Radio 1 I work kind of Monday to Friday um so I we wake up in the morning and we start at 8 a.m and we've got a we kind of have like this group um team meeting at 8 a.m and you've basically got to have all your ideas and um because I'm the only one like I'm the only sports reporter in the team it's obviously quite tricky because there's such a like a mad range of sports stories some days especially on a Monday morning if you've got everything that's gone on at the weekend you've kind of got to sit there and be like right what's the most important thing for the kind of younger audience that listen to Radio 1 and it's usually football or Premier League or mm -hmm. just something kind of along those lines and um, so I just kind of pitch my story say what I think we should be doing in the program and then and you have to do that in a meeting in front of like 20 people um, and then you get a call from the editor of the program who's like right okay yeah we agree want you to go and do the Premier League you know United lost last night blah 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 that sort of thing um, and then I basically go off and might try and get an interview or whatever and then make the piece for the programs that could be going out on locations like standing outside Old Trafford for example and and talking about whatever the top story is talking to fans um if, it, if it's talking to like a manager or a player that obviously has to kind of be organized further in advance rather than on the day but it's kind of a lot of like reacting to what the biggest stories are which is why I love it so much because one day I could be on Six Nations and the other day I could be talking about how Abramovich is going to have to sell Chelsea and all of this so it's like it's such a wide kind of spectrum 
Um, but that's kind of my average day. And then my weekends look very different because it's kind of five live or final score football reporting, which is completely different kettle of fish because you're not talking to a younger audience. You're talking to like specific football fans. So it's just constantly like changing the way that you report on sport. That's, that's definitely a skill, though, I think, to adapt to certain, certain situations, certain topics. But regardless of, um, you know, the target audience and, and the change in that, how, how different is it working on radio, like Radio 5 Live, Radio 1, to final school where you're on TV? And do you have a preference? Which one would you prefer? Oh, it's, it's hard. Like, radio is... I love radio because it feels so personal like you're it feels like you're talking like directly to people and I love the fact that you don't have to worry about what you're doing with your face or your hands like you can tell when I talk I'm constantly like this which looks awful when you're on tv <laughs> so when you're on tv you just gotta be like <laughs> which I really struggle with so I love with radio that you can literally like look rubbish and sit there and just kind of like talk about whatever you want to talk about um and I like radio one is so different because some some of it is like really it has to be quite heavily scripted because you rely a lot on like sound effects and you're you're always interviewing someone and you've always got like clips of different people in and and all of that and like commentary and stuff so it's like very it's very built up if that makes sense like you spend quite a lot of time scripting what you're going to say and you've got to talk to like a really specific time limit because the show on Radio 1 Newsbeat is 15 minutes. So um, if we do a sports story, it's literally like usually three minutes long or something. Um, whereas on Five Live as a football reporter, you're just talking 10 second chunk usually about like what the score is, who scored, how did they score and then come out on the score. So it's, they're two very different skills in themselves. And then if you add in like final score where you're on TV or like if, if you're in vision, for example, it is honestly the hardest thing that I have ever done, but I've only done it if I'm quite new to it still. So I find it absolutely baffling how like someone scores a goal and straight away within seconds you've got to like stand with your back to the pitch so you don't even know what's happening behind you and you're having to explain what is going on and like kind of like try and look over your shoulder but is that that is a completely different ball game but it, it there it's also fun like I I love talking about sport it's honestly the best job in the world it is so good it yeah, is definitely the best job. Like I said, it is such a skill because you look, watch it on TV and it looks so easy. But yeah, we've had a go at doing it ourselves. And yeah, it's definitely not as easy as it looks. No, definitely no, not. Yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll both know like the skill of like everything that you've got to think about when you're on TV from like your hands, your facial expression to listening to who, like yes. who's talking in your ear, but also like what's going on behind you, having to get every little detail right as well and also be engaging it is so difficult and I think when you when you sit at home and you watch like presenters and reporters on tv it looks so easy doesn't it yeah and when you do it you're having to add in all these different layers but that's why the best presenters and reporters like Gabby Logan or whatever are just they're just so slick mm. because they've done it for such a long time and yeah it's kind of all 
experience, isn't it? Yeah, and I yeah. think also they probably had stuff go wrong where they've had to improvise. And, you know, from that, then you can take a massive lesson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all about how you deal with those. Like, when something goes wrong, the best presenters can deal with it so well that you won't even notice anything's gone wrong. And that's, that's like, the main skill, isn't it? That's the key. Obviously so difficult, though. Yeah, yeah definitely. Definitely. Well, of course, in your job, you've probably interviewed so many big names in sport. I've seen on your Instagram that the likes of Gareth Southgate, uh, Tom Daly, but who has been your favourite person to interview in your career so far? That's such a hard question. Um, I loved speaking to Son Hyun Min, who obviously plays for Tottenham. He was just honestly like the nicest person ever and he kind of just sat there afterwards and was like bye Betty oh. and I was like, oh. <laughs> um he was just like it was so it's so refreshing when you speak to especially Premier League players who are you know earning ridiculous amounts of money they are at the top of their game and you've kind of got to sit there and kind of be like human with them is mm. is quite a hard skill and I think with when I speak to people for Radio One it's not, you're not talking to them straight after a match. So you don't want like, what's your reaction to the game? Or, you know, those kind of like bog standard questions. We want to try and get different lines out of them and kind of get like their personalities across. And that is so difficult. But Son was just like, just so good at it. He, you did, I just didn't have to work hard at all. He was just such a good person to interview. But Gav Southgate was really good as well. Um, he seems like, one of the nicest people ever as well um but like I think into Tracy Neville I spoke I had to interview Tracy Neville after the Netball World Cup she used to be the England manager and this this was my worst ever interview but also now I look back on it I'm like it's kind of my favourite interview as well because England lost to New Zealand and uh, in the semi-final and really England should have won it. They could have won the gold medal. Um, and I had to go and speak to Tracy for TV afterwards and she was like quite rightly in an awful mood. And it was the first time that I've had to interview somebody and it, it was just so hard because you, you're having to sit there. She's literally just walked out five minutes after um, the match had finished. Her team have lost and she's gutted. And you've got to be like, what went wrong? What are you going to say to the girls? Like all this and her answer. I, I remember asking her, have you like, have you spoken to the girls? What have you said? And she was like, no, because I'm here speaking to you. <laughs> like really well. And this is on TV and I'm like, okay right and it like it was horrible and afterwards I was like oh my god that was hard but now I look back on it and I'm like I think that is my favorite because I learned so much mm. from it it was just so tricky because interviewing someone when they're happy and something's gone really well is easy but interviewing someone when something has gone really badly is so hard yeah how did you respond to her saying that I can't even remember that. <laughs> I'd love to know. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was just like, okay, well, um, what's what's your plan? What are you gonna say to them? I don't know, it was just something like something really not great when I look back on it now. But um, 
yeah it's like what it is it's really tough yeah like during an interview when when somebody is just lost and they're fuming the last thing they want to do in the world is speak to you and you've got to get something like you've got to get a good line out of them or a soundbite or of anything um yeah so difficult <laughs> who would you like to interview if you had the chance oh that's a good question um who would I like to interview oh that is a really good question <laughs> put you on the spot now haven't I yeah <laughs> um I would like I'd, re I'd really like to interview Gareth Bale but that's mm. only because like so obviously you you're both Welsh yeah I so like my dad is Welsh all my family live in Wales I've never lived in Wales but I support Wales and I feel like the absolute <laughs> worst Welsh family ever but here I am um no, so we love I'd it love, <laughs> yeah I'd love to be here. um mainly just because I think he'd just be like I just think if you got him on a good day, you could have a really decent chat with him. Yeah. And I think like his career has just been so up and down. And I think you could get into so much um, with like the whole Real Madrid shit and all that that went on. Um, but who else would I like to interview? I'm going to go for him. And if I think of anyone better, I will come back to you because I'm yeah. sure there's a lot, a lot better people out there. Yeah, let us know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, obviously now in your role, you work on so many different sports. Um, I know you've worked on netball, uh, like football, Six Nations rugby, but what has been, what is your favourite sport to work on? Favourite sport? Um, I'd say at the moment, my favourite sport is definitely football because I think the fans that you get when you go to a football game are just amazing majority of the time it's most of the time the atmosphere is is so good and I just love reacting to whatever is happening at that point and with when you football when you do football reporting that is kind of obviously like what you've got to do and I think it's so exciting um and there's nothing better than being on air and a goal going in and you've just got to kind of react to that and match like the atmosphere in the stadium um but I was supposed to be going to the Olympics but it got I couldn't go because of Covid oh. so I think that would have been my answer but I'm gonna have to go with football just because yeah I just don't think anything tops it at the moment yeah, yeah, yeah that's good work at the Olympics yeah. as well what, what an experience well, honestly like it <laughs> It would have been amazing. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, I'd say that's probably one of my goals is to at least go to one Olympics and work on one. That would be it. I've made it then. <laughs> I'd be happy. Yeah, I think it's such a good box to tick, isn't it? And yeah. you, there's so yeah. much that you can go at, isn't there? Um, and like so many different sports. Yeah, so, so many much going on. Yeah. Um, so... Do you agree with a lot of statements are made by other women working in sport about the fact that women who do work in the industry need to know more than men or be just as good? Do you agree with that statement? And where do you stand with that? I think 
yeah I, I do agree with it to be honest and that's probably quite reflective of kind of where I'm currently at in my career if you ask me that question in 20 years it might be quite a different answer um but I've been so I'm 27 and I've been working at kind of like BBC Sport now for well since 2016 um but I still kind of think I'm relatively like at the start of my career still which might sound a bit ridiculous but um considering I've worked there for quite a while now but I still feel like I've got such a long way to go um and I do think in my opinion as a woman if you make a mistake it's like a massive deal whereas if you're a man and you make a mistake it kind of goes under the carpet and obviously that's not every single time but I feel like that happens quite often so I do feel like there is that pressure as a woman in sport to make sure that you know absolutely everything and you go above and beyond every time to make sure your research is on point you don't say anything that is wrong you sound like you know what you're talking about and some like you've got to almost be like the best person in the room sometimes um and I think that I hope that it's getting better but I feel that that is still very much the situation um and I think, and like you, you hear a lot of things in this industry about like, oh, she doesn't know anything about sport, but you don't really hear that about men yeah. because they have this like natural perceived knowledge or whatever. Um, and I also think that women, some women talk about sport in a very different way to the, to the way men talk about sport. I think you notice things differently. I think yeah. men can be very analytical. Like some men can tell you, I don't know, like who scored whatever in the 17th minute of the World Cup final in 2000 and whatever. Whereas like, I don't take in my, like my brain doesn't take in um, stats like that at all. I'm so bad with stats. So like, for, I, I just think it, it's so different, but so I do feel like it is slowly getting better. The more women that are in this industry that are at the top of their game, feel like it is slowly changing but I still do think there is a pressure to know everything and kind of go above and beyond and work even harder if you're a if you're a woman because you still got to prove yourself yeah I definitely agree with that like I found myself in jobs that I've been doing lately thinking right I've got to like work extra hard to make sure I read up on everything to, so that I know if someone asks me a question that I'm not caught out and because yeah because you think especially with social media, you think, you know, say one wrong thing and it's just going to go on social media that someone's going to make a comment about it. So I think it's always that sort of anxiety, I suppose, in a way that you need to be, need to be right all the time. Completely there. Yeah, completely. But do you know what? It will make you so much better in the long run. So it's kind of like, I always try and look at it as a positive. Like if you've got that pressure to go that extra mile and do that extra bit of research, it's only going to make you better than your counterparts. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think actually use it to your advantage, but it is, you know, it is a shame that I think women do feel like they, they can't slip up or make a mistake because if you do, you're called out for it. And I still believe you're called out for it, not in the same way as a man would be if they made a mistake. Yeah, definitely. So in regards to your goals, 
where do you see yourself in the next few years or where would you like to be? Oh, that is such a, that is, yeah, it's such a difficult question. I think I, I kind of, like I'm, I feel, and for the first time in my career, I kind of feel quite comfortable with where I am, not in a bad way, but in a way that I feel like this is going to contradict what I just said, but I feel like I'm at a place where I'm getting challenged in a lot of things that I'm doing. And I, I like that. So I feel like I don't mind staying where I am for a bit because I'm doing loads of new things that are pushing me outside of my comfort zone. Um, so I kind of, I just want to get like slightly better in what I'm doing at the moment. So yeah, feeling comfortable doing more kind of network TV stuff and live TV stuff on like BBC one and BBC two, just because, you know, it's, it's so hard and it's, there's so much pressure and getting those opportunities and a few and far between as well. So, you know, you might get one opportunity doing something as like a, a reporter for the WSL or the hundred cricket, and then you don't get that opportunity for another year so it is really difficult kind of building on those kind of experiences. So I think my, it sounds really, this is a really bad answer, but I kind of just want to be even better than I am at what I'm doing now. That's probably my short term goals, for like the next few years. No, I think definitely okay. that's a good answer because, well, people would dream to be where you are working at BBC Radio yeah. 1. So I think you're already there, in my opinion. So no, I, yeah, I think that's a good answer. No, that's fine. Thank you. But yeah, my next question is, what advice would you give to anyone, any young woman or young boy wanted to be where you are today? What advice would you give them? Um, I've got a few bits of advice, actually. I would, firstly, I'd say, say yes to everything. If you get an opportunity, and this is this is something that I got told when I was like, just starting out in the industry and you kind of think okay yeah sure but say yes to everything even if you don't want to do it even if you kind of don't think you're good enough for it even if it's not quite down the same the, the exact route that you want to go through say yes because any bit of experience that you can get in this industry will help you further down the line so I saw I, I did a lot of like producing um on five live and world service and at the time I was like this isn't what I want to do but it helped me write scripts it helped me learn how the industry worked it helped just to interview somebody it I learned how everything worked behind the scenes so that when I went in front of the scenes in front of the scenes I don't even know if that's that makes sense <laughs> but, um, as soon as I started broadcasting I kind of like understood how everything worked and it really helped me um so firstly I'd say say yes to everything um and secondly this kind of links in but just don't be scared of failure and I think every I think it's so difficult because it's so scary you don't want to make mistakes but you're never going to you're never going to succeed if you don't make mistakes because that's how you learn and ultimately learning is the best thing that you can do in this industry and every time you do something you will get better and better and better and better um so say yes to everything and fail because failing's good <laughs> i think that's some, some good advice definitely <laughs> good <laughs> um right so 
I think we'll do the questions now. Yeah, I so, think it's um, fine. I think we'll be fine. Yeah, at the end of every podcast, we just ask three random questions just to um, get to know you a little bit better and uh, see what you come out with, basically. So the first question we would like to ask is if you could have any superpower, what would it be? Um, I would like to be able, I'd like to be invisible because I think it would be so interesting to be able to just go and like sit in different rooms and just listen to people's conversations I love I'm quite nosy and I love knowing what people are saying and what people are thinking and I like can you just imagine like sitting in like I don't know dressing room at half time like just watching what everyone's doing and what they're saying I find that quite interesting so yeah probably invisibility brilliant that's a good one um if you could be anyone for the day who would it be and why I could be anyone for the day. That is another good question. <laughs> um, who would I like to be? I'd like to be. Um, I'd like to be Jurgen Klopp, mm-hmm. Liverpool boss, because I just think it'd be quite cool to like be in his head and see everything that he's thinking and also like how do you deal with that pressure of being like the big dog that's telling everyone what to do um and like I also really would like to experience like just being there at the side of it like actually being there at the side of a pitch during like a massive match like the Champions League final or something very different if you're like working there but if you're if you're the boss and you're literally running up and down the touchline I think that's quite I'd quite like to experience that yeah that would be yeah. Nice. I love like about football today <laughs> which is why everyone goes to football. Yeah. <laughs> that's fine that's, 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 that's a good thing um okay so the third question is what is your favorite quote and why Ooh, that's a good question too favorite quote would be fail this is such a cliche quote so I apologize but um fail to prepare prepare to fail I think it is such a basic good quote to live by have I said that right fail yeah. To prepare yeah I think to so yeah yeah um I just think it's such a good quote to live by like I think you can apply it to absolutely everything and if we're being specific about this industry as well if you don't do your research and you don't prepare for interviews and you and don't get me wrong like I have not prepared for stuff and I end up just like blagging it and it does not sound good and you can tell and it wasn't as good as it could have been and like in anything that you do if you just do a little bit of preparation then you will always smash it usually and I just think stick to that and you will go far yeah that's <laughs> good. yeah that's good. definitely good advice yeah and like you said it applies to everything in life doesn't it so yeah pretty good advice yeah. <laughs> definitely thank yeah. you thank you so much for joining us it's been a pleasure to have you on and hear about your journey and and everything you get up to so I follow you online so it's been lovely to actually chat to you oh, I say in person online but you know it's actually really nice to, to actually speak to the voice I hear yeah. one 
because I, I've always oh. I've always thought about you know like young obviously it's industry that both myself and Gab want to go into and are in at the minute obviously just starting yeah. out but when you hear like young women like yourself you know doing the sports on radio one and reporting and stuff it's kind of like I, I it makes me think what's their backstory like what have yeah. they done where have they come from I just I, I love to know more because it's just it's it's I think it's good as a confidence booster as well to hear at the other women do it doing it like younger women so yeah like I think when you kind of like like I look up to Laura Wood who obviously mm. is a presenter on talks but everyone talks about her at the moment but like yeah. seeing somebody that is a young woman at the top of her game talking about football um and like well I know she does loads of sports but like mostly football and just like absolutely nailing it it makes you think like oh wow like this is it's so possible yeah, yeah. whereas you know when you just hear like the same types of people doing it like white men you kind of think oh that's that's cool but that's never something that I could personally do um so yeah I I'm glad that I'm flying that flag on radio one yeah <laughs> no definitely like you said it's it, it gives you that, you know, impression that you can make it, you can do it. And that's what the podcast was about when we started. It was to, to share people's stories like yourself that, that are in the industry and, and are doing incredible things in the industry to kind of yeah. inspire more more women and girls to show them that, you know, we can thrive in, in a male-dominated environment. So, yeah, completely. Yeah, and I, I think it's so it's so hard, isn't it? Because I think some people kind of think, oh, there's a woman doing that. And so now she's naturally my competition because, you know, there aren't that many women in, in the industry anyway. So like when you see, see one, some people kind of see that as like a rivalry, whereas it isn't at mm. all. Like you can have, you know, you can have so many female football reporters or commentators or presenters and whatever. Like it is so possible. So I think... Yeah, the more women that you see doing it, the more women that will will do it down the line and feel comfortable doing it. And I think that's that's brilliant. Because um, like we've probably all grown up looking at like Gabby Logan and Claire Balding. Like I can only really name those two from my childhood. I watched talk about sport, which is crazy. So you'd like to think that the next generation will see so many more females across the across the board across all the different sports. Um, so hopefully that's the aim. Thank you so much for listening to episode four of season two of She Has a Goal in Mind. We really hope you enjoyed the episode. And if you did, please don't forget to like and subscribe for weekly episodes and also follow us on social media at A Goal in Mind podcast for updates.